0: at least i wake up every morning and i'm happy i'm happy with my That's life great. and yeah. i'm happy who i am so i think in a sense i'm doing some some stuff correct
1: welcome to the final episode of how he does it season two on today's episode we have Janis kaiser boss's senior communications manager I've had the pleasure of knowing Giannis on a personal level through getting to work together professionally. If anyone exemplifies the utmost idea of the hard work, play hard mentality, Giannis is the man. In this episode, also being his first podcast interview ever, we discuss Giannis's upbringing growing up in Europe, his knack for continuous adventure, and how he has been able to navigate a multi-hyphenate career in an industry most would consider backbreaking. Yanis, welcome to our show. Thank Hi, you Giannis. for having me. Of course, anytime I'm so excited because this is our last episode and I don't think you knew that for our second season. Nope. And you get to end it. I feel like it's like a fashion show where it's important, the person who opens and the person who closes. And obviously I respect you so much and think that you are so fitting for this. And we're so yeah, happy to have yeah, you. Yeah. Who opened it? Stephen Fan, he runs a CBD company, I believe the number one in New York City mm-hmm. or in the United States yeah. generally. So that was pretty great for us. And it was such an interesting time. That was before COVID, COVID or anything. Yeah, we yeah. had such a great trajectory for the year. And uh-huh. I'm surprised. And we've yeah. taken
2: such a journey just through season two. So this is interesting.
1: Yeah, it's nice to end with you. Yeah. Thank you. What are your thoughts? Are you nervous? How are
0: you feeling? I'm a bit nervous. Uh, it's my first podcast, so I'm very excited. Thank you. Um, oh. I'm excited to do it with you guys yeah um and i have a big news actually what is it so i'm moving back to europe <gasps> i think i haven't told you yet
1: i feel like i already sort of assumed that you yeah. just didn't live here so so actually anymore. i'm going with the company back to europe where are you going
0: so the headquarters okay um of hugo boss is in Metzingen, germany okay so it's like in the south of germany um and i'm going to um get a really cool role there in charge of influencer marketing no way wow. and uh, celebrity relations so it's going to be super cool and it's going to be a global role again so here in the us i was in charge of like communication but for the us market mm-hmm. and now it's going to be like a global kind of role so wow, that's, exciting. that's awesome yeah. yeah congratulations and i'm closer back to my family um to my parents in
1: berlin so I think that's exciting as well. Yeah, I love that. It's so funny when people say I'm close to my family. So that's great. And I'm, that's wonderful. But I love my family, but I like it in doses. <laughs> I like to separate and then meet, you know what I mean? So like, that's great. Also, my question was going to be, you know, give us a bit of background, but you kind of already did that. But do you want to talk about a bit um, of your upbringing and what brought you to New York? Yeah,
0: so um, I'm German. I'm from Berlin originally. My parents moved there like 35 years ago from West Germany. Back then the wall was still up. So um, they moved to West Berlin because my dad got a good job there. Um, I grew up there. I went to the American school, JFK school. Huh. Yeah. Wow, is this um, a popular school? Pardon? Is this a popular school? It is. Okay. It's a good one. Love. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure. Look at the results, I'm just Diversed. saying, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good school. Um, It was good growing up in Berlin, Berlin is so interesting. Um, There was so much going on, so much change in Berlin. Mm. And I think um, that also made me a bit uh, the person that I am now. And when I was 18, I decided to move to London to study in London at London College of Fashion. Um, I wanted to become a designer back then. And then I changed at one point into more management and then into fashion management. And then I did my masters in Milan at Bocconi. It's like actually a business school, um, but they have this master in fashion management. And that's what I took at the end of the day. And after that, I ended up doing a startup with one of my classmates from the master. We went to Dubai, we tried to do a tech startup, something like Rent the Runway just uh, Mm. for the Middle East. That didn't work out very well at the end of the day, but it was a good experience. And then I started actually at Hugo Boss in Switzerland. And that's how I got to Hugo Boss as an intern. After three months, they sent me to the headquarters to Germany, and then I was there for two and a half years, and then they sent me to the US, and I was four years in New York in the New York
1: office. And this is your last year. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm leaving again, exactly.
2: After four years. Yes! Wow, look at that. So it's We've... been a
1: while. Yeah. Did you have a modeling trajectory at any point? <laughs> like what? Like a modeling trajectory? Like, did you model for a little bit or act at all? I did, but like, agencies didn't really like me. I see. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I went to get into the agency, but I, feel like... <laughs> but I didn't really get a lot of like jobs and stuff. But you didn't really care to be in it, did you? You just
2: you focused to on something, something more. else.
0: Like, I think it's an ego thing. Okay. So once you're in an agency, you want to get booked. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. wasn't booked very well, but I never like pursued like a career in it. Got it. Uh, was just a side gig.
2: Gotcha. To make some extra cash. Where were you in Switzerland?
0: In Zurich.
2: In Zurich. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Really so, nice.
0: Um, there's a little village called Zug next to yeah. Zurich. Do One of my know? best friends lives there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of companies are based there. Um and also Hugo Boss uh, was based there like one of the e-commerce areas were based there yeah okay. um and then i always went by train every morning um to zürich from zürich to Zug and back really because cool. i lived in zürich Yeah.
2: wow really cool small world and it's such a beautiful city yeah it's incredible yes yeah really incredible where there's a huge art scene in berlin yes do you think that that helped a lot with you finding your path in fashion
0: I think what's amazing about Berlin is that everybody is really liberal and you can do whatever you want to and you can exploit like your strength and you have a lot of space or when Mm -hmm. I grew up there was a lot of space there was a lot of like empty space there was a lot of space for artists to like find themselves and to concentrate on their art in the sense of in Europe normally uh, big cities are very expensive Um, you need to make a living somehow and in Berlin everything was quite cheap uh, compared to other major European cities so it was cool um, yeah for like artists to just live there and like find themselves without really working too much but Mm -hmm. they could like create a lot of art yeah
1: really cool so I know you because you do Influencer marketing at BOSS right now in New York, but yes. you are moving to do the same thing alongside celebrity relations But how would you describe your current job that you do in New York? Is it different from what you're going to do? Yeah, so we got our headquarter in Germany, as I said, and then we have like Is that little... the main one? Yes. Okay.
0: And then we got little headquarters all around the world. Got it. Also here in New York for the U.S. market. Um, and here it's a bit more hands-on in the sense of like you don't just do influencer marketing so I was sent here to do all digital marketing Wow so newsletters on-site content um, all the media partnerships so we really changed the way that we did media partnerships um, we didn't just like do print ads anymore um, we created digital kind of experiences with media partners and um, also then we started influencer marketing. That's something I started here for the US market. We really didn't have that in the US four years ago. Um, and then now I'm concentrating more and more on influencer marketing just becomes, because it became more and more important actually. Mm. Um, and now I'm growing. do it globally so that's
1: interesting that's
2: incredible
1: also just not having any training in that how did you sort of figure out your way within the company especially since you didn't go to school for that right so what was that process like did you build a team or yeah yeah that's interesting because i started as an
0: intern in switzerland in Mm -hmm. the e-commerce department just because i realized in um, dubai that that's the future that's why i was startup just didn't work as we wanted to because we didn't really have the knowledge there. Hmm. So uh, what do you do if you need knowledge? You start at the bottom level. And that was an intern in the e-commerce department. Right, And that's where it got most of my lo- knowledge from. Um, in the sense of like, how does it work? How do people actually shop online? How's the whole customer experience online? And I always thought, like, when I was working in the e-commerce department, how would I want to shop? And that's how I started, like, on-site content, bringing, mm. like, more and more uh, guides to um, to the e-commerce. Um, like a suit guide, for example, a shirt guide. So you have to answer, like, five questions. And after five questions... Um, HugoBoss.com tells you exactly what kind of shirt fits you perfectly from our collection. So that's like how I started going into e-commerce and that's how I then got sent after a few months already to um, Germany to the headquarters because then I started doing like on-site content and I started the on-site content team. So before it was very heavily e-commerce, but then like all that content that you normally see on hugoboss.com, mm-hmm. the imagery stuff like that, how the interfaces are—all that devo- developed in the last like seven years when I was in the company—and that's how I started. Um, we also did emails for all in back in the days nine countries. Now we're all over the world with wow. e-com, uh, but back then it was still quite small. And then they sent me to the U.S. to build up more and more this digital marketing, but also then I was able to learn here in the U.S. much more about influencer marketing, and it just naturally developed.
2: Did you feel like it was easy to get the brand on board with influencer marketing? To show them the worth of it and the value of it?
0: Yeah, Hugo Boss is a very modern company. So we never think about the past, we always think about the future. Um, and you just have to go where your customers so it's as simple as that so we used to invest our money a lot in magazine print out of home um all that kind of advertisement but um, we noticed that a lot of customers spend a lot of time on social media um and a lot of customers for example, don't see normal ads online anymore because 40% of people have ad blockers these days. So you don't really see, even if we invest heavily in um, ads online, sometimes you just don't see them because you have your ad blockers on. So um, that's how the whole natural, yeah. <laughs> that's how it started to really have never like, as far as doing the ad blocker thing. Like it's not that thing. serious, is it? It is, like for a people? lot of people have wow. ad blockers, yeah. And you also just naturally don't see ads anymore, like left, right banner ads, mm-hmm. you just don't notice that much anymore. Mm. Back in the days, you saw a lot of clicks on banner ads. Yeah. These days, you don't see that result anymore just because your brain automatically focuses you on the center part of like um, the website and you don't look left and right and above and uh, at the bottom anymore. And that's how like, naturally with influencer marketing, your product is in the focus without being like too heavily as an ad that's how we like shifted our budgets as well and it's not to say that it's just influencer marketing it's all about the marketing mix but that's part
1: of our marketing mix now with you do you consider yourself yourself successful define success personally and professionally Yes. yes. Well, we said define success. That was not the definition, guys. But (laughs) I wanted to further elaborate on the question. (laughs) Um, For myself,
0: yes. Um, I always wanted to live in New York. Okay. So I always wanted to see the world. I always wanted to travel a lot. Um, I lived in seven countries so far. So somehow I accomplished... A lot what means being successful for myself, seeing Mm. this world, living in this world, exploring this world. Um, From a job, like, we have a great team at Boss. I love my colleagues. Um, I love working there. It's a lot of fun. You learn a lot, and they push you as a company. So I already worked for them in three countries in seven years. So that's amazing for me. Um, And you're motivated when you get... um, You're more motivated, you work harder when somebody takes care of you like that. Mm. So I think I'm pretty successful in like my career life. And personal success, yeah. (laughs) 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 I don't know what defines personal success, but at least I wake up every morning and I'm happy. I'm happy with my life and I'm happy who I am. So I think in a sense, I'm doing some, some stuff correct, yeah. And
2: that sounds healthy to me. It sounds like success. And then there's always room for growth. Always. Yeah. You, uh, what countries have you lived in?
0: That's so been Germany. Okay. I went to school for four months in Brazil when I was 16. I really wanted to learn surfing back then. Okay. So um, that was the country I chose. I went to the German school in Rio. Um, I studied in London then. Then I went to Milan, Italy, I lived in Switzerland, I lived in Dubai, and now the U.S. Oh. So I think that's seven. IG, did you count?
1: No, I did not count. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your word for it. <laughs> do you
2: come from an ambitious family? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think? think
0: in Germany, um, after the Second World War, there was mm-hmm. like a lot to rebuild. Um, there was a lot of ambition um my family is ambitious yes my dad is a surgeon my mom is a very successful teacher um i don't know if it's ambition but also this mentality of always work hard do best like get better in what you are and what you do and yeah just like to do something that you love right Mm. and normally a lot of um Doctors tell their sons and daughters, like, you have to become a doctor as well. And um, I told my dad when I was 13, I want to work in fashion. And he looked at me and was like, amazing. Just make sure you're going to be the best in the fashion industry.
2: amazing. So it
0: was never, like, this pressure to be, like, in a certain kind of job or anything. It was much more to, like, succeed in whatever you're doing because you love your job.
2: Mm -hmm. So you knew at a young age that you wanted to be in fashion? Yes. Yeah. How young would you say? Thirteen. That's Thirteen? When oh, started, wow. Yeah.
1: That's so... I feel like at that age, though, you kind of know what you want to do. Right? Yeah. you want to be a Power Ranger or, or, like, something else, you know? But Yeah, but a lot of people
0: still, like, when they study, they don't really know what they want to be. Mm-hmm. That's true. So the first job, like, I wanted to maybe want to be... No, not, not a firefighter. What did I want to be? I a thought? designer, I
1: thought. Well, oh, 13, you like your very 13, first job. Oh, I but, see. like,
0: first, first... I think when you're, like, five, six... Mm. Uh, you're a uh, Superman yeah i always wanted engineer. to take like work with animals actually back oh, in wow. The days. oh wow yes and then uh, with like 12 13 i was sketching a lot and then i became like more and more into this like idea of becoming something in fashion
2: yeah and sketching you were just teaching yourself or did you take a class for it
0: yeah we we have we have art in school so uh, we had art classes and stuff but um my grandpa was already an artist So um, I grew up in like a very artistic family on that side. So um, we were sketching a lot, drawing a lot. Even my dad is a surgeon, he likes to draw. So that was always part of our identity at home. But then I also like, it was really nice because talking about Berlin, how open Berlin is, I was able to uh, go to new drawing classes to really, like, learn how to do figure drawings and stuff when I was, like, 15, 16. So it's very open-minded Berlin. And that really, like, taught me a lot about, like, the shape of the body, uh, what helps you in the design process at the end of the day. So,
1: yeah, that was great. I feel like we grew up in the era of having to describe your work with, like, just one title. Um, And I feel like recently that is began to change. And especially with me, I guess, like venturing into the fashion space and me having been in the digital space and people are like, what do you do? And I I don't want to say like just influencer. I don't want to say just producer, just like editor-in-chief of Bond Official. And one of our writers just wrote an article about multi-hyphenate jobs and that becoming the norm, you know, and I think that in a sense you do that, even though you work at Boss, you get to do like six other things that require six other titles, right? Um, I think that comes with a lot of balance right, to be able to handle all of those tasks. How do you handle that?
0: So I'm very lucky to be in this position where I can handle a lot of different tasks. Um, I feel in a lot of big companies, you normally just get one task and you stick to that one task and you have to like do that task for years and years. So um, having these different tasks and understanding the connection between each channel, for example, gives me a lot of balance in that sense already, just to see like when I shoot a campaign, I know exactly, okay, these images will end up for this channel, I want this and this image for email marketing, I need this for like social purposes, Um, I can create some additional content with maybe an influencer shoot. So I already think about all the channels Mm -hmm. and that makes it very easy for me at the end of the day to see like the whole campaign rolled out um, in a 360 approach. Balance in that sense, I think you have to force yourself to sometimes also like to stop working, doing Mm -hmm. uh, something else like going for a run. I love going running here on the West Side Highway. Mm -hmm. Um, I think every evening after work when the pandemic for example was happening um, with COVID because you really like stayed in your apartment all day long, Right, um, you couldn't really go out you didn't go to the office at all. So um, that was like a highlight of my day to go for a run in the evening. So um, I forced myself to actually do that every day just to like stay sane in that sense. Um, and I still do it. So even now working from home, sometimes I take like a 20 minute break and just do like a YouTube video workout or something. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Very important for yourself, yes. And I love to travel. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. <laughs> I'm like, because okay, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who I think do well with balance, but you are on another level mm-hmm. of just, I'm able to do it all because your work is tasking. But at the same time, it seems as though you're able to balance other things. Like even when you threw events for boss and I would attend or seeing you on Instagram travel. And every time you're in such high spirits and you're very enthusiastic and positive about everything where like in the past, I've been blessed to do similar things, but. I'm not always happy about them mm-hmm. because I'm so exhausted and stressed and I'm so imbalanced, right? So I guess I'm still trying to figure out what keeps you enthused. I guess you kind of insinuated it just with being grateful, I guess, and realizing, you know, what kind of life you have compared to others who are less fortunate. Um, but I think what I'm trying to decide now yeah. or figure out is is balance a myth, you know, mm-hmm. Um but I read an article recently wow. that was talking about how we make things, how we make time for urgent things, not important things, you know, and how we need to prioritize that. And I've been trying to go yeah. in line with that. No, but you have oh, to. Yeah. yeah, you have to work on that.
0: Nobody's yeah. going to work on that for you. Um, for example, sure, we have all our job. We work eight to ten hours. Uh, and we love it. We love the job. We love our jobs mm-hmm. exactly. But what you do after your job? is on you you know and you have to challenge yourself a bit for example i as i said i love travel i love seeing the world i love being out there so i'm really trying to work from wherever i can Mm -hmm. and then like once i close the laptop at like seven (laughs) o'clock i can spend the evening wherever i am so um in december i decided to leave my place here in new york Mm -hmm. um so i moved out of my apartment put everything in storage wow my life in a little box. Um, and then I was just traveling. I went home to Germany for Christmas. Afterwards, I met some friends in Mexico. I was supposed to stay there for two weeks, ended up staying seven weeks. Met amazing people, traveled the West Coast, the East Coast, stayed a lot in Mexico City. A city, every time I go back, I'm like so in love with that city because mm-hmm. it's such a cool place um such a great culture the people are so nice so really like mexico city and that's well it's affordable you Mm -hmm. know it's not like new york where you always have to look after your money (laughs) it's it's tough living in new york it's not always easy psychology is crazy and new york is also um what i realized is always about you have to be better you have to be quicker you have to be stronger you have to be smarter you have to be more handsome mm-hmm. <laughs> like this city is all about being the best yeah and sometimes you need a break from being, being the, the best, best because yeah. you can't be your best all the time wow. so that gave me a lot of strength um and that's also where i realized like i was i think never happier, happier than in the last six month five months just traveling and working as well like I think just travel would be too boring for me. I need yeah. my job. I need my work. Um but then we had the fashion show here, so I flew into New York for the fashion show. So like in like it's flexible out there right now. I think um I have a great team, I have a great boss, um that let me work how I want to work and that is best for me and that's how I think I can succeed the most.
1: I love that you emphasize yeah, wow. people in um people and like friends and you know them keeping you grounded I feel like for a lot of us that's how we feel um the most grounded when people we know are able to just reel us back in but in an industry like fashion where you get to meet tons and tons of people and you never know like why people want to be around you whether they Mm -hmm. actually like you or just want to use you for what you can offer them how do you figure out who's authentic and who's not who's worthy of your time and who isn't how do you gauge that do you come across experiences like that where it's you meet people who are I never are not think genuine? that way. Interesting. So um, who's worthy my time? I don't even know. Like, I just. But not in the sense where it's like condescending like that. But no, like, how I get can it. you I get read it. out who's authentic and who's not, yeah, right. essentially? Who's good for you and who's not? Who's just trying to get something If I have
0: fun you. with you, if I have a good time with you, you're good for me. Yeah. I think it's as easy as that. What classifies a good time? like i can laugh with you um i can grow with you i can learn stuff um just like having a good time in the sense of um being who you are but like sharing that moment with somebody that you care for it's kind
1: of like falling mm. in love. You just know. Exactly. Not that I would know. in love. <laughs> okay, not that I want to talk what the about it? Hey. <laughs> That's what the notebook said. <laughs> that's what the like, notebook said. I wouldn't know anything about oh, that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, maybe it is like that. Yeah, yes. like you just know, right? Yeah. There's an aura.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. That discernment and intuition that you have to trust. You Do you feel like you've met some really great people since you've been here four years? Yes. And you think you lean on the side yes. of meeting great people?
0: This city is amazing to meet great yeah. people. What I just said about the best, the smartest, always being the best, all that, mm-hmm. you feel like that because you meet the best of the best. <laughs> True. Right. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. you spend, like, Manhattan is a little island mm-hmm. with millions of people that are as ambitious, as smart, as clever like you are, so you need to be the best to be like staying on this island more Mm -hmm, or less. But also you meet so many amazing people. I made so many friends in the city. Um, Friends that I will stay friends with forever. Yeah, Like I had three different flatmates here already. Um, I will stay friends with them forever, yes. Because also like um, it brings you together. It's like you meet cool people, um, you have a lot in common, Um, you also have the same kind of like problems, you're far away from home, maybe uh, you need, like you're looking for new friends, you're finding new friends, like it's all a journey and this journey like
1: puts you closer together.
2: Yeah. I would you say you've met great people since living here?
1: Oh my gosh, 100%. I've always said the only reason Imagine I you would have here. said no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "No. no. <laughs> I feel like even working in fashion and a lot of people are like, how are you able because it can be so grueling? Yeah. I think it's 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 the people at the end of the day because I think we all come from similar backgrounds with one goal, right? To sort of blend synergies with people who are similar to us mm-hmm. and what makes up New York and the industry is like that culture, I think. Yeah. Um that camaraderie. For sure. Yeah. Amazing people. I feel you're like, here, Giannis yeah, is here. Phineas is I met Phineas, Phineas when I here. was in college. <laughs> you know what like I mean? It's just years a, ago. a very random. Yeah. yeah. So 100 percent absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think getting in the space, people uh then and still ask me if I've met snobs or people who are rude or people that you can't connect with. I feel like I probably have a privileged experience where I haven't had that. Like, experience at all everyone in I've New met, York? yeah everyone i've met in the space all has the been time <laughs> all the time all the pleasant time. encouraging like people i would hang out with
0: no i mean like you meet a lot of snobs I a in lot the city. of i've i haven't met any of the snobs
1: like within I've the industry or just casually you mean in the industry in the, yeah oh okay. yeah and like in the city yeah like, of course yeah
2: i've met people where it's like cool we aren't gonna hang out <laughs> all the time but if we we're doing brunch together it would be great yeah but i haven't met someone where it's like you are rude and you disgust me
1: i never want to see you again it's so interesting i feel like that has changed too within the new york city like industry social yeah. circle where like when i started here it was especially being in the fashion it was very much what you saw in the movies and mm-hmm. there was this hierarchy people hearing yes. about that status yeah and i think with social media being put into effect that has changed a lot because then people are having to adapt to being relatable and yeah now they're think that as a marketing tool and all that but Besides the point, Giannis, walk us through a day in your
0: life. My days change a lot, so that's what I love about my life. Uh, sometimes I wake up um, and we'll do like a shoot with GQ, for example. So did you just I'll, recently do that? <laughs> we did in the last in the last like ten month, but that was like a big part of like our media deals. What I'm mm. doing now is doing shoots digitally. So I just did a shoot with Uninterrupted, I don't know if you know them. Um, it's something like Bleacher Report, Complex, nice. Hype Beast, um, one of those. Um, it just started recently. It's more like a platform for athletes uh, to express themselves, that. oh, mm. That's great. Wow, so that's it's really, cool. really interesting and um, we feel like our customers are interested in that. And our customers are also interested in sports, that's why uh, we as a brand, also have so much sports sponsoring, because we feel like that's where we can connect with our customer, and a platform like Uninterrupted gives us access to more athletes, to really have this real like conversation with an athlete, and then also to reach like uh, their audience and the audience of Uninterrupted. So that's how we do media deals as well. Um, and that one, for example, I was just traveling. I was in Texas um, two weeks ago when we did that shoot. And the shoot was in Miami. And I did everything uh, just through my laptop. I saw exactly uh, what the director saw. I saw who is was where uh-huh. um, on the set. So I was able to like call out what I didn't like, what I liked. So it was super easy. Yeah. And it was like a five-hour shoot that we did all through camera. Oh so yes, God. we That's do those awesome. shoots, but I don't. Yeah. I'm not with them anymore. So, like but if I harder. do those shoots, like half of the day is just the shoot. Hmm. But normally, um, waking up, I'm trying now to work out before, uh, before, um, before I start my job. Actually, like at seven thirty-eight, doesn't always work out, but yeah. I'm trying. As long as you try, yes. And then at nine, we always start all our calls. So uh, nine o'clock is three p.m. in Germany. So that's where you normally start with all the calls, with the headquarter, all the global calls. And then um, you have your meetings with your team. So we really tried also through the pandemic to always have like a morning call where everybody can like uh, talk about what's going on in the day. What do we have to uh, go through? Because normally you would talk about that. When you all sit in like an office and Hmm. you chit chat and you're like, I have to do this today. Can we work on this? Can you help me here? So we quickly realized that you still need this social contact with your coworkers. So we're trying to always do that in the morning, have like a call where everybody can like check in uh, what's going on, what needs to be done today. And then normally I have a lot of meetings. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of meetings. Um, Yeah. Right now, you can even like heat up your pasta or something while being on the phone, so it makes it a bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a lot going on, and also now with like New York reopening, um, we we're like Exciting. excited. We want to yeah. do stuff. Um, we're a big sponsor of the Guggenheim, for example. Um, so we have the Hugo Boss Art Prize next week. Uh, Dina Lawson, the winner of our Hugo Boss Art Prize. Um, she's opening her exhibition
1: at the Guggenheim. Incredible! So mm. um,
0: there's always new topics, uh, always something new to
1: work on. But you guys are not doing the event, obviously. That you typically no, will.
0: but like um, the Guggenheim will open to, um, to the exhibition to people who want to look at it. Oh, for nice. sure, they will have like, yeah, like the social distancing and like the masks and everything. But they're really trying to get like a bit back to normal. So we're looking into like what kind of press we can send, like would be interesting stuff like that. So that's going on. Yes. Well, I do have a question. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I had a thought about Uninterrupted and that conversation of, you know, a platform that gears towards athletes. It's so interesting because I think we're trying to do the same um, at Bond official, but. Yes. It's actually from
0: LeBron James. Oh, so he, so he started a lot start Amazing.
1: Yes. I have to check that out. I think it's very necessary. Yes. Um, I guess the question just comes in with, you know, platforms or brands with niche audiences. And I guess with Bond Official, the idea is to highlight the modern man who encompasses a variety of skills. Right. And then you have a platform like Uninterrupted that is so specific. And then you have a brand like Boss you work for who has had this idea of what, The modern man should be. They've been at the pinnacle of that for so long, right? Have you seen that change within the company? And also as a marketing tool, do you see that more brands are geared towards now doing their best to appeal to a variety of audiences versus, you know, having to stick to one type of um, audience member or consumer? I feel, feel like that like was a like complex five, question.
0: Five questions. Yeah. So where are we starting? <laughs> <That's right>. What <laughs> was the I'm question? i them in my Actually, head. Actually,
1: I'm notorious for that. I'm a Gemini. My brain just like goes um, in circles. But what is your definition of the modern man? And how have you seen that evolve working at a brand like Boss? And then I'll get to the and other yeah, two questions that are in there. Sure, good. <laughs> Write
0: those down. I think that's a good question. Um, you can also see it in our ads a bit. So in the 80s, 90s, I feel like a man had to be this tough guy, Wall Street kind of guy. Like He had to be um, a raw model for all his guy friends, um, very in the old sense masculine kind of guy. Hmm. And we feel as a brand like this is shifting, Um, a modern man can be whoever he feels he wants to be Um, we don't have those stereotypes of how a man needs to be Um, but what we would like as a brand to see whoever it is a man or a woman to succeed in what they are good and like live their life to their fullest right and we don't see like success in the sense of like you're good in your business you make this amount of money uh, that's why you're you're successful but we see it like you should do whatever you love maybe you're the stay-at-home dad as long as you grow up like these beautiful children and they're going to be a success this is what makes you so successful and then we want to dress you as a brand um, because we want to like dress the success and uh, whatever success means to you I think is very personal Mm. and it doesn't really mean like you need to be successful for somebody else to show off or something. And I feel like this also for us as a brand, this uh, really changed for us from like coming from the 80s from advertisements where we had like a guy with like other guys in the background where he was supposed to be this alpha kind of man. But now it's more about like really showcasing one person. Um, For example, Chris Hemsworth is now at the moment uh, the face of our campaign. And we feel like um, he's very successful in his job, like Mm -hmm. as an actor and stuff. But what really makes him successful is also this beautiful family that he has, that he takes um, his time to, like, for a personal time, like, go surfing. Like, he he got it all. And somehow, like, it's beautiful to see that Mm -hmm. that's possible. And we feel like he's, like, a perfect brand ambassador for us there.
1: I love the ethos of what you said, that really touched me and it's making me sad that this is the last episode, but to the second half of the question, sorry, Mm -hmm. Marcus, I feel like I'm taking up your time, but just on the business scale and the advertising scale, when we're talking about niche audiences and how in the past that has been so specific because people wanted to feel like they were part of a specific community, do you see that a lot of brands are now gearing towards now um, appealing to a variety of audiences and is that a good or bad thing?
0: Yeah, we're thinking about that a lot. Or I was even thinking about that a lot because back in the days, if you wanted to reach somebody, you did TV ads or out of home, and like most of the people, you reach through that. But I feel like these days, uh, more and more people have choices of where they want to spend their time. So maybe you spend it on Instagram, you and Snapchat. I'm um, just out and about. So we we're trying to really connect with people on different platforms, but also through different um, audiences
1: and through different kind of channels. You're rolling with the times and trying to be as inclusive as possible. And at the end of the day, that can't hurt anyone, any brand. No, not at all. But I
0: think that's also so important about, like, whatever marketing mix you have. You really have to go into details Um, about what your message is going to be and who you want to talk to. And then you have to find that audience, whoever has that audience and like partner up with these people to really work with them. The same goes for influencer marketing, the same goes for any media partnerships that you do and even out of home. Um, We, for example, we saw a lot of traffic in Soho during the pandemic because people wanted to go out for a walk and stuff. In Midtown, it was nearly like dead because people didn't really want to walk through Midtown. Like, it wasn't That's a nice area. neighborhood. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but normally you would invest a lot of money to be at Times Square and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, you always have to shift and it always has
1: to shift very quickly. Right. Is there anything that challenges you currently? <laughs> That's like your favorite question. Was that question? your last question? <laughs> I feel oh, like it's my second to the lot. Okay, but gotcha. like, I wasn't sure if we were still. You No, that. no, know, you're so okay. fine. Oh, oh, that was why you signaled me. Yeah, that was the end of that. Do okay. you want to ask cool, something cool, else cool, before cool, I went ahead with the challenge?
2: Um, I did want to go back to yeah. IG asking about your day today. I guess I'm trying to understand your brain when you're talking about the ethos of the company and um really trying to share this message, meeting people where they are. Are you thinking more visual? So when you're waking up in the morning and you're sitting on, you're starting work. I mean, is your passion a visual concept that's really just going to speak volumes? Is it through words? Is it trying to get someone to like IG to say something over a video? How are you trying to deliver this message or connect to someone?
0: Okay. Maybe I don't understand the question correctly. So I wake up. Mm -hmm. First thing I do is normally kill my alarm. And then I see all those messages on my phone that I already go through mistake number one yeah (laughs) first think about like what you want to accomplish how is your day going to be all that um so I'm trying to learn that not to like answer every message that I got in the Mm -hmm. morning I always feel like I always have to like a to-do list everything I have like emails messages I could never be that person that has like 25 Um, unanswered calls Mm -hmm. on his phone or like 65 unanswered messages on his phone so i'm really like strict with myself to really like get everything done and the same goes also when i like start with my um work like i don't when i know i have a meeting at 9 a.m i try to already log on to like at 8 a.m to at least look a bit like what emails came in what's going on um, to really get this out of the system, to concentrate then on meetings. Um, I think it's not fair when you're in meetings and you're doing other work and you don't listen. Mm. I know we all have those situations where we all have so many things to do, so many emails to answer, um, so many meetings on the calendar. But I always think like the other people are also taking this time out of their day right. to like work on something together. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to really be focused in the moment. So I'm trying to answer everything email related and all that before or after these kind of things. And then, yes, I'm a very visual person. That's very true. But I think my strength is also I understand numbers. Um, I'm not like an analyst or anything but like i think that's um the secret to be in that space is not only to understand um beauty and visual kind of concepts but also to understand a bit like the numbers behind everything does Mm -hmm. something work doesn't it work how can we change it that it works so i think um if you want to go into that industry in communications these days and marketing these days you have to be good at both you can't just be the one or the other
1: this is that was it, yeah. Besides the first of all, I'm going to interject and say I relate to the waking up and then turning off your alarm on your phone and then seeing the messages and then getting distracted. So, what I've done recently, my sister gifted me the Alexa for Christmas last year and I never used it up until two months ago. And now you can set your alarm on her and then she goes off and you're like, just stop. So, you didn't have to look at your phone because mm-hmm. then you've turned it off on Alexa. Um, so, that's one solution, I guess. Where's your phone when you wake up? It is on my desk. God. Yeah.
0: So many people sleep with their phones in the bed.
1: Yeah, horrible. Do you? That's me. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: I think that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I like getting nightmares of that. Yeah. yeah. Under the pillow. Friends of mine put it's so it under distracting. the distracting.
2: But it's because I use an app that monitors my sleep. So Why? I have it underneath my pillow. Wow. To know I'm I don't sleep very well. Mm. So it monitors how often I'm sleeping when I'm waking up. So I can see the pattern. Uh, Does that if I'm help snoring, you? Um, sometimes <laughs> it helps me to know if I should change something if I'm eating at this time, I really... and it changes my sleep pattern. Should I try and eat earlier? Should I?
0: No, I'm very, I'm very happy that I'm a good sleeper.
2: Yeah, I'm I think tarot. that's worth a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm up all the time. And oh my gosh. Unless I have noticed that when I'm in South Carolina. I Sleep like a baby. So it's New York City. Sleep, it's New York City. <laughs> it's New York is the problem yeah. And I think, I think I
0: think because it's too loud or what do you think? Um, it
2: is? I think because here I'm closest to um, What I want to be doing the most so I it sounds like a good problem I sleep terribly because I'm eager to wake up. I'm always looking forward to the next morning on Sundays I'm looking forward to Monday mm. when I go to bed on Monday. I'm looking forward to Tuesday but it means I'm waking up all the time, kind of anxious for the next day.
1: Like first day of school. I get like that. Like first day of school. I relate to that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or when I'm in South Carolina, I'm very remote from everything but my family. So all there is is to sleep. <laughs> I lay down and I wake up.
1: When I wake up.
0: How about you? Good sleeper?
1: I feel like I get enough sleep these days. And I feel like I've been really into my fitness lately. So everything has kind of been working out. But... Um, I don't know what classifies good sleep because I'm always like, I could use more sleep, but then I get through the day better than I have in the past Mm. when I wasn't really taking care of my wellness. So I'm not really, actually, I know when I do get good sleep, but this is for bond and cut, (laughs) something else. (laughs) But but yeah, right now these days, I would say I'm getting good sleep. I'm getting enough sleep to have my mood regulated more these days, Mm. you know? Versus being easily pissed off at things because I didn't sleep well or didn't eat enough, you know? Normally, I fall asleep and I stay
0: asleep until I wake up. And I feel like that's the definition. You don't get up to use the bathroom at night? (gasps) How old are you? You need more water in your system. (laughs) Wait, really? You sleep
2: straight through the night. Yes. Always. Oh, my god! Not always.
0: Like, most. (laughs) Most
2: of the time. Oh, my God. How long are you
1: sleeping?
0: Like, seven hours. Yeah. I feel like
1: that's fair yeah Um. this is besides the point and the theme of you know what we're talking to you about but in terms of gauging success through numbers like how do you gauge that when you partner up with a brand or a person good question or an influencer rather sorry but there are like
0: a lot of uh, facets to it yeah um, is there a percentage or so whenever we start a campaign we um uh, like have a kickoff meeting we sit down okay what are our KPIs key performance indicators like how do we measure the success of this campaign? Whatever it is, it can be like a little campaign, like just in like a little digital campaign, a big campaign, like we just did for NBA um, and the boss uh, collection. Um, so we really sit down and we say, okay, those are our KPIs. This is how we're going to measure the success. Um, and we are successful if we see this, this, and this. So that's what we really do. Um, and I think then you can really say, okay, was your campaign successful or not? And then you have to also be honest to yourself. Um, if the goal is sales, then you will measure sales, for example. If the goal is brand awareness, you'll measure the impressions, um, maybe the click-through, but not the sales. So mm. the engagement there, so you always have different KPIs. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can take like an example like the... Um, CrossX NBA collection that we just launched a few uh, months now ago. Um, for us as a brand, it was very important to uh, become more casual. Looking at our audiences, um, we're a suit brand, but we're also redefining the suit. And we also see that there's like a lot of potential for like more casual kind of um, clothes, work clothes maybe a hoodie with like uh, a nice jacket, some denim, like people are dressing differently these days. Mm -hmm. So a major goal is really to like uh, tap into this whole casual thing. So we said, okay, why not do like a collaboration with the, for example, the NBA, like really getting some cool outfits that you want to wear every day, but that you can like dress up with a blazer or you can wear casually at home. So that was a bit like the idea. And then we sat down and we're like, okay, how much are we going to produce? Um, how much do we have to sell to break even? How much do we have to sell to be successful? Um, do we as Hugo Boss, does that make sense for us as a brand, like having this kind of collaboration? So all these kind of things um, were part of our success and our part about our KPIs. And then we already um, beforehand already thought about, okay, what would be successful here? Then we did like, for example, an influence activation. Then we said, okay, how many impressions would be successful here? Mm. What I also do, um, what I really like, is using this kind of content that um, influencers create and use that content for paid ads so that not only your following, for example, will see that content, but I can put some dollars, ad dollars behind it, and it will be amplified. And then more and more people see it, but they see what you did with our collection. right? In mm. the sense of like not Yanis is there with like a creative team and they're shooting a whole campaign, and this is like our boss vision, but what is IG's vision on that whole topic? Mm. How do you want to style your hoodie with like your blazer and so? And people like to see that. People don't always want to see the perfect ad image. People want to see how like other people style it. Yeah, um, this kind of word of mouth. You know, you're the cool kid in school that everybody wants to dress like that. <laughs> And that's like where we put media budget behind to amplify this message so more people see that. Yeah. Um, and then we can calculate or see how much direct sales we get from these kind of things. So um, sales is also one of our metrics there, not just impressions and clicks and engagement. So it always really depends on the campaigns.
1: Yeah, like the company just has yeah. to talk about it. So what do you do when you're not successful? What is that reaction Ooh. like in a big Ooh. company like Boss? Like, How does everyone react to it? Or how do you come back from it, actually? Um, one of my bosses always says, you live and you
0: learn. Mm. So I think uh, what's very important for me as a person also to, even if it's brief, whatever you do in life, do a kind of analysis. Mm-hmm. Why, what's happening, why didn't that work? And then write down your learnings for future, for mm. future um in that sense, activations for future us, you yeah. know, like for your future self, um, I think that's very helpful and make it better next time. You and sometimes everywhere. you see why it doesn't work, yeah,
1: just looking at numbers, yeah. And I feel like I've been um, incorporating that you live and you learn into my life lately, just when things don't go the way I want, I'm just like, well, at least you learn from that and you can do better Mm. next time. And then it reminds me of a quote I saw on TikTok randomly at some time in the night where someone's father or something was like- While you were not sleeping. While I was not sleeping. (laughs) This was before my bedtime, so. (laughs) Um, But he said something like, uh, experience is the connective tissue between the answers we seek and the questions we have or something like that. And I was like, well, I guess that's what life and business at the end Mm -hmm. of the day is supposed to be about, right? Um, Did you have a question before I get to the next one? (laughs) Because it's just... (laughs) I um, did, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, I'll go back to the um, conversation about challenge, right? Because I think that throughout the interview, you've stated that you sort of just experience things and you're very enthused. But is there anything in your life that currently challenges you uh, work-wise or personally?
0: Mm, work-wise i don't think so no <laughs> wow.
1: we're good we're good. i wow. love it i love
0: it um personally i'm leaving the u.s so i i'm moving so um a bit of a challenge oh, so? I, have, I don't have a lot of furniture but i have a lot of clothes <laughs> so i need to get all that stuff over there to <laughs> europe you know the struggle that's my biggest <laughs> challenge right now
1: Oh my god, I'm not sure what's funnier, like that being the challenge or just the silent laugh. <laughs> I can't even, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> are you nervous about making new friends or having to start over somewhere else? Or are you just very optimistic about things? You're very special. No, that's where I get
0: like making new friends. That is not anything like I'm nervous
1: about. Right.
0: I'm like excited. That's I love like. That. I feel like i don't know maybe that sounds like super stupid for not you not at all not but at all. i feel like this is what life is about yeah right? waking up and experiencing a whole new day that you didn't experience yesterday yeah waking up in a city where you have no clue where the next bakery is um where the coolest piazza is where you want to have your drink at in the evening at a bar like finding all these new places finding yeah, all sure. these new people finding this whole new experience that's what life is about yeah and that's why i love to move around and that's why i love to meet new people and that's why i love my job as well because it is always about working with new people meeting new people thinking about new ideas um otherwise i would get and that's just my personality like bored Mm. wow and it's not like new york bores me but i love to like go on the weekend there and then go there. And like, I feel like you can do that very easily in Europe as well wow. to just like travel around such yeah. a
2: free existence. <laughs> I, know. I feel like <laughs> Goals. Yeah, yeah. having to learn to be okay with being uncomfortable maybe. And really? I think that sometimes we get so attached to our comforts. So staying in a place for a long time, it's like, yeah, I don't have to worry about where the new pizza place is because I know where it is. And I know where I'm going to do my laundry. And I know where I'm going to store my clothes. And you sound like you're willing to get up and move a lot. Yeah, and a grow. lot of
0: people look at me and they're like, um, it's so difficult. Isn't it like tiring to always do these kind of things? But those as,
1: people are me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not looking at anyone right
0: now. But that's where I get my strength from, I think. Wow. That's where I get my like inner strength from, yeah.
1: I want to go into even you bringing up the conversation, Marcus, about having to learn how to do those things. But in your case, it doesn't seem like you have to learn it. It feels like it was very innate, right? Did your parents encourage that growing up?
0: Yes and no. I think also like being uh, at this international school, um, growing up in such an environment was very easy to always like talk to new people. Um, Normally, I don't know how it is in the US school system, but in Germany, you start in first class and you go until 13th class and normally don't even change classes. So you have the same students around you, you grow up with the same people, that's just how it is. In our school, every two years, they mix the entire class system. So you were always with new people, you always had new people coming in because uh, a lot of international kids that moved to Berlin uh, came to our school. So we always made new friends. So it's very easy, I think, to like, approach people for me and it's not difficult and um and i think that's why i also like traveling and moving around um is quite simple for me and it's like a pleasure for me in a sense but also one of my best friends um lives in rome Mm-hmm. and i'm moving into her house i see mm-hmm. so she
1: lives on the second floor i will live on the fifth floor exciting so um i think we're good yeah i've never been to rome i'd love to visit you there so hopefully that's possible this yes. summer yeah. Yes.
2: please wait so you're gonna live in rome but work for the headquarters in germany
1: yeah i'll do
0: 50 50 germany italy just so great. I mean, life. Wow, so,
1: It's not different time zones, right? Same time zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, case. cool. Great, great. Yes, yes. Are there any um, recent changes in your life that you've made that you're proud of? I think
0: making the decision that um, taking that job, it's like a great opportunity. Um, but also leaving New York in that sense, like it wasn't an easy decision. Um, as you guys might know, once you live in New York, you feel like everything else is just not as cool or amazing as new york so i feel like somehow it's also like a bit of a it was a challenge to really make that decision and be like okay i'm leaving new york now Mm. because i love this city yeah Yeah. it's just
1: like i would time for Mm -hmm. something new i get it you know what and i think And all my friends would tell you, I've been the person who's been like, I'm staying here forever. And I think I would like to, but also I understand just being ready for something different. And then maybe one day coming back because you want to grow, come back and maybe like do something better, do something more that's larger than yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think now is the time. Why not? Mm -hmm. The world is changing. I feel like a revolution is coming somehow and you sort of have to be a part of that. So. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I will miss you very much, and I'm I'm so sad. Like if I had to leave, I'd be very sad. I don't know how how I'd handle that. Yeah, so I can only imagine what I'm you might like be feeling. I'm like a good like goodbye person. Yeah.
0: So like, like I'm you. not going to have like a big goodbye party, I think, or mm-hmm. anything, because I feel like You'll New York back. is not going anywhere. You guys are not going anywhere. You like, don't know that. I'll
2: always come. <laughs> we back. might be coming
1: to you. <laughs> You don't know that. But yeah. yes, I, I I like that ideology. I like mm-hmm. that outlook on life. And I don't think also I've s I have do not think I know you as a sensitive person. So it might not hit you until after you leave and then you're like you know? But I think I'm sensitive, but I don't think people consider me sensitive. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. You're sort of just like, Yeah, life is life. Love you guys, like I'll stay in contact. But um I think you're gonna leave and then look back and you're be like, Oh my god, right. and that was actually kind of but scary. I always have that. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. Like, I really miss places after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. But that's why I always want to explore new places, I feel, because then I always have, like, more of that feeling. And you have more Mm -hmm.
1: places to miss. The nostalgia, it hurts.
2: (laughs) With you closing this chapter here in New York, starting a new one, do you think that there's going to be, or do you anticipate this new location, this new adventure offering a different quality of life? new opportunities that you didn't have here in new york personally yes. just when it comes to quality of life yes yeah
0: and i think life is all about phases mm-hmm. person you are now you don't have to be in five years or Girl. even like in three weeks um in different cities and different places are good for different lifestyles so new york is full of action there's always something to do um I don't know how you guys handle your weekends. I'm out and about the entire weekend. So I'm never getting like a lot of rest, but I don't mind it because I feel this uh, city gives you so much energy. Mm -hmm. Rome on the other hand, where I'm going next, complete opposite. It's not a city that is always buzzing and crazy. It's very like slow, you have to get used to it. As I told you, I lived in Italy before. Um, Like little things going to the post office Mm. maybe it's closed maybe it's open you know you don't know like these kind of things it's like uh challenging at first but like your whole lifestyle then evolves differently in that city so um i think everything will be a bit slower for me in uh in rome but that's also why i want to move there i think on the weekends i'll go for like hikes in tuscany stuff like that you know i will just have like a bit of a different lifestyle approach than i would Mm. when i when i would stay in new york so i think you always have to make the most of the place that you live in Mm -hmm. and i'm super excited for having a complete new lifestyle in rome than i did for the last four years
1: in new york wow wow i hope we all get to feel that at some point yeah (laughs) yeah being in new york too but i think the
0: mistake that people do is they leave new york yeah and they like They're not really done with New York yet. Mm -hmm. And they're going to a place that could be a bit of a small New York. Mm -hmm. And then they're not satisfied because no place is like New York. Right. I'm doing like the opposite. Mm. I know Rome is like the opposite of New York, Mm -hmm. but that's what I like. And that's why I want to go there now because I just don't want to have the same thing in a smaller kind of city. I just want to
1: have like a complete lifestyle change. And I Mm. guess in a sense, that's the challenge. Like going back to that question. Right. Um, I this I, I yeah, Did you wanna? <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I feel like
2: for this to be the close for I the just, last episode. I, I have a lot of emotions. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I guess this. It's just a bonus question that is not about you, but I guess I just want to know because I'm curious and I respect you so much. I'd like to know, because you've kind of been around for the beginning of, you know, us starting Bond Official. You're here doing our last episode of the second season of the podcast with us. I think you've seen a bit of what we're trying to do on digital, what we're trying to do on social, with what our ethos is. I want to know what your thoughts are on what you see and where you think we could go and also what advice you have for us, um, moving forward.
2: Yeah. Ooh,
0: <laughs> honest thoughts. Big, I want this documented. Yeah. Um, you guys, Bon official is a media with a message. Oh, so I think that's very valuable. Um, you're not just another media out there, but like you actually have a message You have a team uh, that is highly motivated, um, that has something to say. And I think you have very talented people there. But I also think, like, right now, it's also about um, you as a person. And I think people want to get to know you even more. Mm. And that's something I know, like, it's like twofold. You don't want to be too much of your own personality. um, But also, a lot of people just like love you for who you are. So think you also have to share some some more personal insights there and like and i think that could also be with bond official that that's something that you still want to invest in there and i think these kind of like maybe having these like kind of um podcasts where you really like invite your personal people and like have certain questions that you ask every guest or something like to have a bit more of a character to it to like build it up in a certain way that is always like repeating because this is exactly what I think a lot of um, your audiences wants to know like you and wants to know what you think about your guests and what you think about different things. Interesting. Like like the photo shoots, um, like what's your perspective on things even more. Right. And Hmm. I think like having our own perspective and having an own angle, that's what will make the future of media very very important and going more and more into Mm. niches it's Mm. not like you don't have to be good for everyone right but you have to be good for your exact niche and i think that's Mm. the beauty and the importance of everybody who's starting anything today like what's your message
1: what's your angle such valuable advice thank you yeah
2: thank you Yanis.
1: thank you thank you guys yeah looking forward to next time
0: love you miss you love you miss
1: you
2: always (laughs) (laughs)